0: he gives him the bomb, and he does the whole thing. Like, explain to me what I've told you. He goes, I'm Groot. I'm Groot. <laughs> no, that's the bomb. I'll kill everyone. Try again. I'm Groot. That's the same thing. How is that even possible? I'm Groot. And he takes the bomb and goes, okay, this is going to be really great. And then he gets the thing, and he puts it up against the ego, and he's got the thing, and he's, got, he's working out which button to press. He's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And he just presses the right button. And you're like... Like... I was thinking, come on, come on, just do it. Have a flashback, but from Groot's point of view. And you just have Rocket go, I am Rocket, I am Rocket, I am Rocket. And Groot goes, I fail to understand why you have postulated a machine with two buttons. It makes no sense to me. It's like that's how Groot sees the world. Like, just for one moment. Hello and welcome to the Story Toolkit, I'm Basim Wakil, co-author of Action, The Art of Excitement with Robert McKee, and joining me is Luke Lionwall, writer and part of the McKee Storylog team. So today we're going to do something a bit different, slightly, well not really, we're going to do Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy 2, but what's different is that we're doing it at the McKee Story Seminar, and so that's why it's echoey and loud and because quiet, this, Because whatever.
1: this room is 300 times the size of my office. Yep.
0: Exactly. And everyone who's here is not allowed to speak. Isn't that interesting? Anyway, so that's what we're doing today. So that's why it might sound a little different. Go on. Do your admin. Okay.
1: Uh, yeah, as always, if you want to get in touch, uh, Twitter at the Story Toolkit and the uh, website is thestorytoolkit.wordpress.com. You can email us directly through there. Let's get okay. into
0: it. Right, so we're going to do Guardians of the Galaxy Vol 2. Which vol? That's what it says in the posters, and um, obviously there will be spoilers. So I'm going to spoil it. Three, two, one. They win. They kill the bad guy. Yondu dies. There we go. Done. Spoilers out the way. I think I've spoiled everything, right? <laughs> so like, if you missed it, it's too bad. You had your warning, right? Let's go. So um, the film picks up after the first Guardians, and um, what happens is they are fighting a monster and that is quite funny, and they're doing that because they've been hired by the Sovereign, who are an alien race, that genetically engineer all their people, and they have these power batteries, and that's what they were hired to protect, these power batteries, and Rocket steals them. He steals the batteries, so the Sovereign chase after them, and they cause the ship to crash, and when the ship crashes, they get saved by Kurt Russell, who turns out to be Star Lord's dad, Ego, and he takes Star Lord by his full name. I'm about to. Okay. <laughs> he then takes Star Lord to his planet, and it turns out that Ego is the planet because he is Ego, the Living Planet. I, I want to pause you there because I wanted to bring up
1: uh, mm. things like that. You you were aware of all these characters? Yes. So. I didn't
0: know Kurt Russell was playing Ego, but I did know who Ego the Living Planet was, and so as soon as he said. Hey Peter, I'm ego. I'm like, oh, he's a planet. Right. Did you know about the sovereign as well? Yes. The thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'd want because all
1: this stuff was new to me, so it was wacky as opposed to these.
0: These are the things when I was reading comics that were bad, <laughs> and they were never good, and they still kind of aren't. Didn't you also say that about the
1: Guardians in the first place, though?
0: Yes and no. So. The Guardians in the first film are not the Guardians I knew growing up. Those are the Guardians played by Sylvester Stallone and Michel right, Yeoh. okay. Those are the characters that are rubbish. <laughs> um, and I didn't know anything about the, Gu- the current Guardians, who are also rubbish. But the first film was really, really good. Right. So I didn't know about Drax. That's not true. I did know Drax. But I knew Drax because he wore a, had a giant purple cape. And, um, yeah, you, we don't need to get into that. So... <laughs> Anyway, so they go to Ego the Living Planet and it turns out so he's Star-Lord's dad. The Sovereign are really upset and they hire the Ravagers to get the Guardians because they stole those batteries. And uh, Rocket and Groot and Nebula um, are on the planet that they crash-landed on, not Ego. And the Ravagers show up and Yondu sort of says, we're not actually going to go after the Guardian, so he has a mutiny, and the Ravagers um, kill all the people on Yondu's side, but then Yondu, Rocket, and Groot take over the ship, kill all the Ravagers, and then they go off to rescue Star-Lord. Because it turns out, on the planet, Star-Lord meets Mantis and Ego, and Gamora and Drax are there, and Nebula shows up, and they're all trying to work out what's going on and it turns out that Ego um, is basically insane and his plan is he's going to now that he's got a son he's going to sort of spread himself across the universe and turn all the planets into himself and so there will be nothing but just Ego and Star-Lord and so they have a big fight and um, they use the batteries to blow up the planet and in the process um, Yondu dies saving Star-Lord and that's basically the film Yondu for me was the best bit. Uh Drax for me. Drax for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's the film and it doesn't really work, unfortunately. I mean that's that's the bottom line that we'll doesn't get like. into now. Yeah. I mean, like. that's not to say it isn't enjoyable. It's fine. It's fine. It's fun. Um it's it's witty. Uh but the problem is it's it's lots of really nice scenes, but it isn't a film.
1: Okay. Let's get into that then um, yeah. let's talk about a spine of action because that's the big problem yeah
0: so the, the big problem with the film is that without a spine of action all the scenes no matter how well written they are you can't you can't dovetail from one scene to the next the audience can't invest in the story because the audience is sitting there going they don't know what to ask when you're watching a story and you ask you kind of go Every time you tune in to the next episode of a series, or you're watching a film, the reason you stay through it is because you want to know how it turns out. And if you don't have a spine of action, you don't even know what you're looking for, and so it's, it's pretty much impossible to satisfy the audience. Yeah. Because if you're watching you know, a murder mystery, you know, the question you're asking is, who done it? Who done it? Who done it? Who done it? That's the spine of action. They find the criminal, they expose the criminal, And then if if that's particularly cool, you're satisfied, right? But if they don't have that, they go, well, what's going to happen next? And they haven't got a clue of what's going to happen next because you don't have a spine of action. You can have a giant, big CGI expensive fight where a beloved character dies and you kind of just don't go... You you kind of go, and? Because you weren't waiting for that scene. You weren't waiting for that thing. Um, And because... Um, Guardians is action. You have this enormous problem, which is there's no villain.
1: Yeah.
0: There's no villain uh, until Kurt Russell basically says, uh, "This is my plan," which happens about 90 minutes into the film. It is 90 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So, action doesn't have a spine of action uh, unless you have a villain. Yeah. It just doesn't happen because the hero's object of desire is stop the bad guy. So, if they have no one Am to my, stop, my there's right no thinking spine. As well
1: the the story kicks off. The inciting incident for your action is the
0: uh, there's two there. The hero finds out about the plan. Well, yeah, basically um, the, the spine of action is the villain is going to do a thing. Yeah. That will kill a lot of people, and or kill uh, you know it, it will kill victim. Yeah. Right. And so the hero wants to stop that. So you can't have an inciting incident until they, <laughs> until the, the victim has been put in danger. Right. And so Star-Lord doesn't know anyone's in danger. Uh, Nor do we. We don't know that anyone's in danger until 90 minutes into the film. And then when that happens, it's like, okay. And now the thing is, we've had that before. Uh, John Carter did that. Yeah. The John Carter worked because as soon as that happened, they had this barrel neck pace of um, a a, a climax. It has like six acts or something. I was going to say six acts afterwards. Or five acts or something like that. Uh, Guardians is... I would guess one major reversal after that maybe two uh, if that yeah one or two and it's like within an hour I think the uh, film's what two hours long okay so half an hour
1: I th- I'm pretty sure because I, I I remember thinking distinctly the first half an hour of the movie is, is great yeah um, and the last half an hour equally so when it really picks up pace because mm. suddenly we know the plan I think there's
0: only one major reversal in that last half an hour and it's just not enough to have waited that, that long, uh, I think it's. I think it's a two act story. I think. I think it's two. I think I can't really remember.
1: I, I, effectively, which means the first major reversal is finding out about. The yeah, that's the
0: act one. That's all there is to it. So it's it's and the problem is is there's no no setup to that. There's no setup storyline. Um, there's no subplots to really draw your interest in I, the same well, way no
1: no I did, I, uh, not in the same way no there no. are subplots there are subplots uh, and that is is what I was going to bring that up that's where the inju- it, through through the movie so after about an hour I did sit there and, and actively try and work out what the plot was because I realized I didn't know because it had been flat it'd been treading water yeah, for too. about half an hour yeah me too yeah I'm like this isn't a story and, yeah I thought okay so I was just sitting there going Who's where's the, the villain? villain yeah exactly and but at the same time, they were cutting between Ego and the subplot, which yeah. is Rocket and uh, Groot and Yondu yeah. being captured. That was holding my interest enough. That, that was fun. Yeah, that but I,
0: I, I, I wasn't very interested in that because I knew that isn't the story. No. It, well, or at least quite, I thought yeah. I couldn't, it couldn't be. And it seemed like the Sovereign were in a position to be the villain, but they never were and so when kurt russell reveals that he's the bad guy i didn't go oh, he's the bad guy i was like oh okay so that's where you're getting your story from yeah because i wasn't sure if he was the villain or if he was going to be um the victim or anything i didn't know who was going to be the villain and when they finally reveal he is you're like that's kind of a letdown I it's think, not very interesting
1: i think there was Enough weird about the planet that um, uh, that you could sense that he was going to be the bad guy. I know certainly. Uh, yeah, I'd, uh, but I Hannah, think m- my wife leaned in to me after about well, I think after one or two scenes on the planet and said, "Yes, so he's he's the bad guy then." Yeah, um, but and there was no. I
0: think it would have been better served for them if they'd had a set up villain, like the sovereign. Oh to, to take the role of that it felt like that ego. was going to be the Ronan of this film. Yeah. So that when Kurt Russell goes, actually, I'm the real bad guy, it has some weight.
1: I mean, that's really the problem. Is it? There's no Ronan. Ronan is a great villain.
0: Well, he's he's an okay villain, uh, but he did what he had to do. Like he worked really well in the first film because the first film had a lot of um, personal and internal conflict. Yeah. Um, and this one, it just doesn't have it in the same way and it doesn't really have the action story and so it's just like there's really nothing holding it together Ronan held that whole film together because they had to stop Ronan and he had a clear plan yeah and he has to stop him and they knew what they are doing and so all their actions like as soon as um, the scene on Xandar where they get arrested in the kiln and everything from that scene on they're constantly uh, like everything action they take has an effect on Ronan right yeah and so everything they do is either going to save people or hurt people but in Guardians 2 they're pretty much just like saving themselves yeah for the vast majority of the film until yes there's there's no victim and that's the thing if you haven't got a victim and you haven't got a villain then heroes can't be heroic and so if they're not heroic then you're not really interested in them and so it just, you had all these wonderful scenes and it was working a lot on credit because you really loved the first one, yeah. but because they just didn't have anything really happening, you kind of just afterwards just go like, you've got to start doing something. When they did start doing something, it's like, it's been 90 minutes, yeah. you haven't got much time left, and the ending isn't very great. So as a result, you kind of just no. go, that wasn't very satisfying, and it's just a bit empty, and it's just unfortunate. Um. It had a lot of, on on the surface it had a lot of the things that the first Guardians had, but it feels a lot like um, a film made to copy Guardians, as opposed to a Guardians film. And it's just, it's unfortunate,
1: it really is. Um, I think, I wouldn't say necessarily copy, but certainly um, uh, cash in is the wrong phrase. But But, I know what you mean,
0: it seemed derivative.
1: Yeah, so... Which is bizarre. There were great funny moments in the first one, so they really doubled down on the humour. Yeah. There was great chemistry in the first one, so they really doubled down on and that. And
0: there was great music. Music, so Let's yeah. put more music in. And it's like, but the music doesn't have a payoff. The music had a payoff in Guardians. Oh, I see. It With doesn't the, have a payoff in this one. It's yeah, just there, yeah, it's and just as a result, cool. it's kind of obtrusive. Because having Star-Lord in the first one do everything he can to rescue the, the Walkman because the Walkman means so much to him, and then at the yeah. end he uses the music to distract Ronan, is a great payoff to all that music. But in yeah. the second one, it's just there. Um, and they never really pay it off, but they keep drawing attention to it. And they go, hey, do you remember how awesome our music was in the first one? It's like, yeah, but it felt it felt part of that world. And this one, it it was just there. It was like if you watch the first one a lot of the music is played because Star-Lord is listening to it Yeah, and then the fact that it's in the ship is a big part of the story, but in this one, it's background music A lot of the time and yeah. I remember with a group stance at the beginning to ELO I was just like this has gone on too long No, like, you're, I, you're wrong. I like the dance. Yeah, you're flat-out wrong. It's when he starts chasing after that little creature Oh, that's when they... yeah. They, that, to me, I'm like, you, this has gone on too long. You should, this is, That's when you... This, this has gone too long. The gag wouldn't, couldn't sustain for five minutes, so yeah. they had him chase a little... Yeah, and it was yeah, just, oh. no, no, it's too much. Um, but still, you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I love Baby Group, but it was just... It was one of those things where the, it, everything... Cause, because you see, if you don't have a spine, everything you put in there stops feeling germane. Yeah, and so then you've got oh well, this is a great scene and that's a great moment and that's a great thing and that's great. And they see yeah, but you you can't make choices because every scene that's good gets st- get, stays in and then you cut scenes and there's no rhyme or reason for it. Whereas if you have a spine, you start making choices. So one of the things, like I mentioned this on Twitter, was you know I've got a rewrite for it in my head, but I'm not going to share it now. But the the interesting thing about trying to rewrite Guardians, unlike other things, is you could quite easily go, well, if you fix this, this works. In Guardians, to fix it, I have to actually create a story. I yeah. can't just fix it. It's not a matter of, oh, change that scene. Oh, wouldn't this be a better mercy scene? Wouldn't that? No, no, it's none of, none of that. It's like, actually, I have to stop and rewrite the whole story. And then as soon as you do that, a lot of the scenes in this film don't work. And you have to generate new scenes to make it work. And then, that's, and then you realize, well, because there's no spine, when they were choosing scenes to keep in and out from screenplay to production, they, they didn't have a way of being able to judge what to keep and what to go, and so the film feels disjointed. And so all the effort is put into a scene-by-scene basis as opposed to a whole story. And it just doesn't, doesn't click, which is yeah. really unfortunate because it's, it's got a lot of um, talent to it. So I was going to bring that up because
1: effectively we're sitting here Mm. (laughs) saying a really successful movie um, uh, doesn't work Um, and I was wondering essentially um, when, is time a factor here? Because people are watching it, There there are really enjoyable moments. I came out thinking I can't remember a comedy making me laugh that much, right? Um, and so I came, I, I came out initially kind of buzzing a little bit, but something yeah. was niggling. So I wonder, are we going to have that same situation that we had with, say, Avengers, where time passes and people go, actually, this yeah,
0: wasn't definitely. great. You think? Yeah, there's not enough. Um, I remember when I w- actually, that's a really good point because I remember when I watched the first Avengers, I really liked it, mm. but the first time I watched it, I went, that's a problem. That's a that's a fundamental problem. Uh, that Loki is just too weak. He's just too weak. This does not work. This is just uh, the all the, all the fun of this is the novelty of watching sure. these heroes fight. And the more times you watch that, the less that novel that becomes. Right. Mm. Um, and so. Uh, so, um, with Guardians, I feel that's the same thing. Like the first time, it's the novelty of these characters and these situations, uh, the kinds of jokes that they do and so on. But I think the more you watch it, the less those things will happen. Like already, I was getting a bit sick of Drax laughing. (laughs) Because every reaction he had was a laugh. And it's like, it's funny the first few times, it's really not funny anymore. If you remember in the first film, Drax laughed once. And that's when they're crashing the plane into Ronan's ship. And Star Lord and Gamora look at each other like this guy's crazy. <laughs> um, but in this one, he's laughing co- almost constantly. Yeah. And so, as a result, every one of his laughs is less motivated than the other. And Dave Bautista's just great. And I, I still love Drax, but there was just like, the, he doesn't need to laugh at everything. Was, I think they crashed the ship in the second one, and he was in the spaceship. And then he's he like, ah, 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 that was awesome. And I'm like, you were laughing on the way down? <laughs> you know, it's just like you. Oh, in the, sorry, in the. Uh, yeah, in the second like yeah, one, yeah. yeah. um, it's like you're constantly laughing. It doesn't work if you're constantly laughing. Yeah. Um, and that's because James Gunn keeps telling him, you know, laugh. Um, and But uh, anyway, Drax is. Yeah, Drax, Drax, I think, was great and um, was my favorite. But even, even him, even my, my favorite thing about that, like towards the end of the film, I was getting a bit annoyed.
1: Well,. Do you, let, let's move on to characters because uh, I know we wanted to talk about dimensions. So yes let's, let's let's do that now. Let's skip well, ahead.
0: okay. So I did a whole breakdown on story log. Uh, it's about two hours of me taking apart Guardians sequence by sequence and I
1: Which is great, by the way, and I'm not just bringing it up because he sat next to me. <laughs> it's really great. With a gun to your face. Yeah.
0: Just, they can't see the gun. There's a little sign that goes praise, you know, like the applause <laughs> sign, and audiences like, eh, 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 and that's when Luke has to say stuff.
1: Praise levels are getting low. Must compliment best. That's how it works. Uh, no, it, it it is. It is great. I know.
0: <laughs> um, okay. So so in that in in that I take all the guardians and I express all the dimensions that they have. And they all have two dimensions. Um, and the problem with the film, Guardians... What are, what are they, quickly? They, they're all variations on the same thing, which is they are criminals but heroes. Yeah. They're friendly but they're unfriendly. Cool. Um, and the problem with Guardians is they, didn't, they lost a lot of it. They, the characters lost at least one dimension each. In Vol 2? Yeah. Uh, but there's a bigger cast, but the dimensions of each character in the cast is less than the other one. So you don't get as emotionally invested this time. Yeah. And so as a result, a lot of what made the first Guardian so much fun is the emotional investment you have in those characters. Yeah. And so in this one, because they're slightly less dimensionalized, you can't empathize with them to the same level. I mean, take a look at Drax, who I love, right? In the first film, Drax is a murderer. He's called Drax the Destroyer. Uh, all he tries to do throughout the thing is kill Ronan. He talks about killing Ronan, kill, 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 but he 's a hero okay? yeah. he 's willing to sacrifice himself to save other people, which he does twice. Um, he 's also got the other dimension that he is this brutal guy, really scary guy, but he 's really, really tender so like he doesn 't care about people he 's brutal always, oh, whatever i 'm tracks right but he 's really tender in this film. The whole Destroyer thing isn't there. Until you mentioned it just now, I'd forgotten that was his... It's none of of it's there. So he's just tender and heroic. And that's not really a dimension. Yeah. Um, Some of his brutalness is there. You get that with Mantis, when he says how ugly she is and all that stuff. And that scene where he tells us she's ugly, but he says that's wonderful because... Uh, ugly people don't know. Uh, uh, ugly people know if someone really loves them. Yeah. Uh, that's t- that scene is a perfect expression of that dimension, that he's rude but tender. Yeah. Okay. So that, bam, right there. But the destroyer hero thing isn't there, so he's only one dimensional this time, right? And it's pretty much the case for everyone in the cast. Um, for example, Groot. Um, Groot's dimension is that he is cute, but he's a monster. Yeah. And you see that once in the film when he brings the severed toe. Yeah. Right? Oh, when, they brought, when he brought the severed toe, I went, that's the heart of Groot. Yeah. Yeah, he's this cute little tree thing, but actually he's a monster yeah. who severs people's toes. And that's, that's the teeth of these characters. Yeah. Same with Rocket, right? Yeah. So they, they, all of them, they went from two to one dimension. And the cast got bigger. And so as a result, it, you just don't feel as much as you did the first time real. Did, did they lose the
1: criminal aspect for every one of them? I guess not. If a you know, rocket
0: stole the steals yeah. the batteries, rocket not? keeps the batteries. That's it. So he's still a criminal. Yeah, he he's a thief, um, uh, but he's not particularly heroic.
1: Uh, I'm now right. I'm tracking back the, the, movie. the I guess so yeah. The
0: real thing, again, that criminal hero aspect is diminished and what you're left with is the whole he's a cute raccoon, but he's a bastard. Psychopathic. Yeah. So that that's the fun of Rocket, right? Yeah. They kept that, but the fact that he's a thief we know he's a hero, and so on so doesn't so so and the, here's the problem as well, which is they did a redemption story in the first film. Yes. And they did the Buddy Salvation story in the first film.
1: Yeah. So
0: these characters and their relationships changed so much in the first one. The second one had a problem, which is, well, you can't do those things again, can you? Yeah. So what are you going to do? And unfortunately, they didn't really do much. Well, um, you can see
1: what they tried to do. Yeah, I they tried. And I know that um, Chris, Pratt, tried to. Chris Pratt expressed it in an interview uh, that I saw where... Uh, if the first one was about them coming together, this one's about them becoming a family.
0: Yeah, it, so essentially, it went domestic drama into yeah. body salvation. But the redemption story got replaced with not really anything. Yeah, and the action story didn't start till very late. There's a film Paddington. Did you see Paddington? Oh, I love Paddington. Okay, so Paddington has an action climax, right? Paddington doesn't even know someone's after him until 90 minutes into the film yeah. and the last 20 minutes is an action fight Yeah. Right? so that's a similar thing but Paddington isn't action for a lot of it it's yeah. about him finding a family all that kind of stuff yeah. Right. so the action thing at the end is a nice way to finish the story and they set it up by having Nicole Kidman constantly menacing throughout the film Yeah. And so it comes together, and resolves, and it's quite nice. It's really entertaining. You're already aware she's villain. Yeah, and it's a nice way of doing it. And so Guardians, if they really didn't want to do a villain thing until the very end, you know, Paddington and John Carter both kind of have a, there's no real villain, but they signaled the villain for a very long time. Guardians doesn't even signal a villain, doesn't have a set-up villain, doesn't have any villain until the last end of it, and the problem is it's a sequel, right? To an action movie. To an action movie, yeah. And so it's just one of those things where the film made a lot of sort of errors in the conceptual stage, which is unfortunate because as I, I think James Gunn and I think everyone else involved did, are very good and they did a very good job, but they made, they made mistakes at the concept. And which so, is
1: harder. To...
0: Well, the problem is those problems, no matter how much talent you have, you can't really fix them. Yeah. they're just going to be there whereas if you fix the concept and you have talent you know you get a really great thing out of it so at some point someone kind of needed to say that we needed to have a real villain yeah for the, you know, something like that we need, to, we need to work out what people really like about these characters go back to a phrase
1: you used set up villain by set up villain you mean a villain to affect like a proxy Yeah. Want to be there until the big one is revealed. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah. I'm blanking now, but
0: I know it's happening. Oh, what? I know. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I blanked completely. Who's a setup villain? A villain uh, that takes the place of the 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 real villain. I'm sure people listening to this are screaming examples, (laughs) but I can't hear you. (laughs) Um, For a
1: number of reasons. And time travel's a factor there as well. Wouldn't it? uh, Wouldn't any film where you've got a big bad villain that's hired somebody to do the job No they're just extensions of the same character You mean like a completely separate villain Yeah yeah yeah
0: a villain who's going to try and do something and then another villain comes along and sort of usurps the story as a result Okay
1: I know that's happened So question for the listeners get in touch on Twitter if you can think of an example because the brains has finally I know there is one I, I,
0: I know there's many and I can't think of any of them I keep thinking about James Bond um, but that isn't the case. Um, I know there's some... Oh! Okay. Go on. Of course. X-Men. First class, X-Men, Days of Future Past. Of course. You have a villain and Magneto shows up at the end and takes over the story. Both right. times. So that, that actually would be, would be a better model to look at for like guardians in that sense, in the sense of you would have like in that in first class you had Sebastian Shaw be the villain, Magneto kills him, and then he takes, and then over. takes over. Days of Future Past, the villain is Peter Dinklage with the Sentinels. And then Magneto takes over. So that that's another way of doing it. So it's not that they had to have, you know, ego at the beginning kind of go, Behold, I am the bad guy. But there no. there needs to be a number of ways that you sort of keep a story moving until you reveal it. Yeah. And Paddington, John Carter, and those X Men prequels all sort of show ways you can do that. Yeah. That unfortunately Guardians didn't do. Um
1: okay, let's talk about then humour versus excitement. Oh yeah. The humor is another problem. With yeah, yourself. so if you don't have
0: a villain, right, then there's no danger being generated, okay? And then if you have lots of jokes, <laughs> it's really, really hard to get excited because there's no real tension or danger to any of the scenes. Yeah. And so if you're not getting excited, it's not very good action. And so when the bad guys do happen, you've been laughing so much that actually killing Yondu just seems out of place. Because you have I remember in the first film, which was much more dangerous, mm. they couldn't kill Groot. True. They couldn't do it. Um, They originally were going to kill Nebula. They didn't do it. That film, really, the only character who was allowed to die really was Ronan. Yeah. It was too light. You love those characters too much. You couldn't really kill them. In the second one, it's too light. You love the characters too much. You can't really kill them. And then they kill the Fiondo, and it's like, but this isn't even as dangerous as the one before. Mm. Ego's nowhere near as threatening. There isn't nearly as much danger in the film, and yet someone croaks. And so it's not, it's just misplaced. It's funny actually, I thought Ego was
1: dangerous. (laughs) I thought uh, Ego was dangerous at the end in the fight, because I was thinking, well, how, how are they gonna kill him? This is quite a nice conundrum. And not being satisfied with the answer. Um, but I, I, th- I thought, okay, know, he's dangerous. So when w- when somebody has to die to get them out, I think fine. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, I thought um, that that's fine. My problem was laughing too much.
0: Well, I I don't think it was that it was too funny. I think it wasn't dangerous enough. You I sure? think if you yeah. raise the danger, you could, you could keep all those jokes and it wouldn't be a problem.
1: Oh, okay. So I made some notes earlier, and this is a good point to get onto that. <laughs> and it wasn't even a stupid picture. There are there are actually a couple. Actually
0: There's a a couple. P- a p- okay, go um, and move your thumbs. Let me see. That's an asterisk. Yeah. And that's a plus sign. Yeah. It's all right. There's no dartboards. There's We're no good. Dartboards. Um <laughs> The asteroid chase, which is just before the half. An oh, hour. the quantum asteroids. That was
1: cute. So the chase through the asteroids had th- that. I, w- I remember being, feeling quite tense. I remember actually catching myself, yeah, being tense because I thought, um, well, it, it felt dangerous. Yes. But you also had some really good
0: laughs in that scene. Yes, that was a good scene. The it, battle over who flies the ship. The battle over who vi- the fact that the sovereign uh, drones are essentially a video game. Yeah. Was really funny. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a great scene. Um, again, there's loads of great scenes.
1: Yeah, I think the, the mantis point, and
0: Drax scenes were wonderful. I loved all of them. But I'm, ta- I was talking specifically I about know. the balance. Yeah, the balance the human was there was the good. Danger. Yeah, I thought that balance was. good. The balance good. there was good. Yeah, but I, yeah, I thought the whole, in fact, that whole sequence had really good balance. Yeah, the sovereign were dangerous, uh, but it was very funny. Um, but one of the things about it was, as, as even though they were dangerous, you knew they weren't the villain. Yeah. So it was dangerous, but not enough. So another good point. Like it was it was da- it was a good amount for the beginning of the film. <coughs> another yes you're yeah
1: you're right because we I don't know if they'd even been I mean they sorry they definitely hadn't been the first act cuz the first act was 90 minutes in but it <laughs> <laughs> I mean you know that the mo you, you know yeah.
0: after half an hour things will just the pace will drop slightly. Yeah a little and, and the thing was cuz you had the big monster at the beginning that was quite kind of dangerous. Yeah. But all of those guys you know aren't the villain. Yeah. So you know they can't go. They can't die in this thing. You yeah. know that this is this is just a bit of fun action at the beginning of your film. Um, and I mean, that's what you know. They get killed by Deus Ex Machina and stuff, right? The ego shows up and just saves them, right? Uh, oh yeah. But sure, that's fine because sure. you got ah. That's what the story is about ego. Great, yeah. right. yeah, yeah, yeah. but then ego doesn't do anything, and then they bring the sovereign back in, and it's like, but the sovereign are a bit of a joke. It's yeah. so like Taserface. Yeah. Uh, so on, I love Taserface. So on Taserface, it's metaphorical.
1: I thought Taserface was a problem. Yeah. It was it funny, sure, but you'd just seen him um, uh, airlock, yeah, like a hundred guys, right? Which is terrifying for a second. And then Rocket
0: snarks, and so you're back to it. It would be fine if you had a real villain. Right. But you don't. And so you're going, where's the danger coming from? Yeah. It can come from Taserface. And it's like, he's not supposed to carry that much danger. Yeah. That's why he's called Taserface. And he goes, it's metaphorical, and all that stuff. And you're going, he can't be the bad guy. I need something more. Yeah. But because Ego's the bad guy, it's like, I'm fine with Taserface because he's just he's great. I thought it was really funny. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. I thought well, it, and it was one of the more dangerous it like it was a really good like thing. But then Yondu shows up and is just OP and that <laughs> you know, one, that was
1: the bit I was coming to was when yeah. he gets his um arrow. his arrow back. There's a mo there's a moment where I think it even goes slow mo and they're just strolling through the ravage, yeah. ravage ship and the arrow is killing the, everybody. Yeah and I'm yeah, thinking so. They're just in no danger whatsoever. There are no and danger, I, and I remembered at that point the scene where they escape from the prison, the prison break scene in the yeah. first one, and you're thinking, how are you going to do e- this? And exactly, there, and there is danger, and there's yeah. still life, and there's
0: loads of. Oh, it has the whole thing of like nothing goes over my head. I'm too fast. <laughs> would, I would catch it. That whole thing is in the prison scene. Yeah, uh, and then there's that wonderful bit where Quill goes back into the prison to get something. Yeah. Which is his walk when he comes back and like Drags says, Behold, you are a great warrior. They will sing songs. What did you go back for, colleague? And he's like, hands in the walkman, goes, You're an imbecile <laughs> right? And it's just great. Uh, but in this one, um, those scenes, I mean I like those scenes, but they don't have that it's just that scene's funny, but then you put it into the rest of the film and suddenly it doesn't work
1: you you mentioned a phrase earlier when talking to uh talking about the characters um, you, you, you said that's where the teeth of the character are Yeah, and i wonder if that can just be applied to the whole movie the movie doesn't it doesn't feel like it has yeah, teeth
0: it doesn't because it took out the most dangerous parts of the heroes yeah it took out the dangerous parts of the villains and of the world uh and so you have this thing but you have all these wonderful moments like the whole trying to explain to groot oh jeez it's okay. so good. It's such a great scene. But <laughs> I love that scene. But the payoff is really weak. Because uh, he gives pay- him the bomb, and he does the whole thing. Like, explain to me what I've told you. He goes, I'm Groot. I'm Groot. <laughs> no, that's the bomb. No, I'll kill everyone. Try again. <laughs> I'm Groot. That's the same thing. How is that even possible? I'm Groot. And he takes the bomb and goes, okay, this is going to be really great. And then he gets the thing, and he puts it up against the ego, and he's got the thing, and he's got... He's working out which button to press, you're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, and he just presses the right button. You're like, like, I was thinking, come on, come on, just do it. Have a flashback, but from Groot's point of view.
1: And you just have Rocket
0: go, I am Rocket, I am Rocket, I am Rocket. And Groot goes, I fail to understand why you have postulated a machine with two buttons. It makes no sense to me. It's like that's how Groot sees the world, like just for one moment. And then you just have him, like, you play it from Groot's point of view why he can't get the two buttons right, and then you have him press the right button. And it's because everyone for him says, I am Rocket, and I am Star-Lord, and all that stuff, right, and that's it. That would be like a great little moment. Like, there's no payoff to to that. So you have those two wonderful I am group" scenes and then it's like, come on. Yeah. So that's, and that's That's the thing, this is the thing, it's like all those scenes are wonderful, but when you're finished and you go back in your head, which is why if you watch it a second time it'll get Mm -hmm. a bit less, is you realise these great moments that were really funny when you watched them, you have, there's a forward momentum that you are going, this is going to be, this is building. And then when you watch it and it didn't build and it didn't pay things off, that's when you kind of go, huh, and it's harder to enjoy. So the, mem- so the momentum when watching the movie
1: is yes. there because you're expecting... You're expecting more knowing to come. It's, knowing, it's, knowing it doesn't come on second viewing. There's a
0: lot of credit. Sure. And it's not that the scenes are bad. It's just that the scenes are, gr- are a lot of fun for what they are. Yeah. But what you're, what makes them so much more fun is the anticipation of what's going to come next. Yeah. And because the anticipation isn't ultimately satisfied, the next time you watch it, you go, oh, yeah, that was it. Like, for example, if you go back and, you know, you watch Avengers, you go, oh, actually, the Hulk-Thor fight really didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, even worse, the Thor... Oh, not Thor, the Iron Man-Hulk fight in Avengers 2, which just ends. Yeah. Without any... I mean, you you know, that was a big part of the trailer, you're really waiting for Avengers 2, and then you come and that scene is cool, and then you go, actually, this scene isn't even really well motivated because we don't see Banner even turn into Hulk. And then it just ends when Iron Man hits him one time too many, and you're like, this this is just a scene that happened, and there's it's not it's not clicking, uh, but for different reasons to Guardians. <laughs> Guardians is because there's no spy, and Avengers because it's just... Um, <laughs> it's the It's it's that there's no setups and payoffs in Avengers yeah. really Age of Ultron. It's just things happen. It's just yeah, contrivances, yeah, yeah. basically. Okay. Um, whereas guard no Guardians no. doesn't have contrivances. It's yeah. more. It's just there's no spine, and so things don't click together. I was going to say, let's not go down the Advan- uh, uh, Avengers I wasn't rabbit going to. hole again. <laughs> I <wasn't going> to.
1: <laughs> um, so, do you think the 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 spine of action, fi- putting a spine of action in, fixes the? Um, uh, the excitement problem, right?
0: I think, I think you put... Yeah, because by nature, the story is now more dangerous. Yeah. So when you have jokes, it doesn't ultimately just uh, alleviate all the tension because there's actually something bad happening. So, for example, when Ego finally becomes the bad guy, takes over, yeah. there's loads of jokes, but they aren't nearly as intrusive. The David Hasselhoff scene. Remember? Yeah. David Hasselhoff just showing up. yeah, Out of the blue. Hilarious. Doesn't really undercut things.
1: Oh, I see what you mean. Right, right, right.
0: Um, Pac-Man. Uh, I mean, it's a bit iffy. Uh, it's, it's very funny. It doesn't, it's, it's a bit tonally misjudged, but, but it doesn't really undercut the danger in the same way. No, no, it right, no, and it's that kind of stuff. Whereas Taserface doesn't generate really any danger once they start taking the, you know, they start taking the. the Rocket starts r- laughing at his name. Pretty yeah. much, that's done. Yeah. The Sovereign, once you start laughing at uh, the fact that they're video game addicts, <laughs> they're not scary anymore. They don't yeah. really have much danger. They lose a sense of authority and dignity to them, but. Ego, when Star Lord attacks him with Pac Man, that's a joke that Star Lord's doing. It's not a joke at Ego's expense. Yes, yeah, uh, and it, then it, yeah it doesn't, you know it doesn't undermine the character exactly. And there's that. other things like you know, that, uh, of course I have issues. That's my father, as like Ego's generally <laughs> like that's funny as well. But again, it's funny as he's pointing out the danger of Ego and so. Yeah. so yeah, yeah, there's yeah. there's a certain thing there. It's, it's not it's it's deflating the tension, but not getting rid of the danger. Yeah. Whereas a lot of the other jokes get rid of the danger, Taserface isn't dangerous anymore. The Sovereign isn't dangerous, yeah and so they can't generate the story. Nebula becomes too empathetic and isn't dangerous at all. Even when she takes over the Ravagers, you don't feel like she's going to do anything bad. Yeah, um, and so th- that's this is sort of a constant problem with the story.
1: I really, I mean, I want to give credit where it's due. Some of the stuff that they did, some of the stuff they tried, I. I really feel like at least they got it wrong trying some cool stuff. Yes, the fact that you had the. I
0: I said it feels like a Guardians movie. Yeah, which is is good. It's just it's just not. It's it's a bit like Doctor Strange in that I liked it. It was fun. I don't particularly want to see it again. Sure. And this is why. I said. I said. And it's worth pointing out because unlike Doctor Strange or whatever, this is the second time out. So uh, why couldn't they recapture the first one? And it's because, well, here's the problems. There's not enough villains. They lost dimensions. They didn't replace the inner conflict with something. The body salvation got replaced with the domestic drama, but it didn't really work. Um, And stuff. This film really wanted a lot of flashbacks. This film wanted a lot of flashbacks to Nebula and Gamora growing up. It wanted flashbacks to Star-Lord and Earth. (coughs) And flashbacks to... um, uh, Ego and his mother yeah. that we wanted, We needed a lot of flashbacks in this story to sort of really showcase the family aspects of these characters because we're seeing them at a certain point in their lives and they all they can do is tell us Mm. About the backstory, when it actually we, we kind of—it becomes very exposition-heavy. When if they could dramatize those scenes and have those scenes play out, we could actually start to invest in those characters. There's a
1: number. There's a number of scenes. This is where it sags in the middle. There's a number of scenes where it just becomes two characters yelling at each other. Yes. Um, in front of green screen. In front of green screen. Yeah. Um, but the. <laughs> The point I was going to make about the credit was that at least they're doing some cool stuff, like um, the the Nebula and Gamora. Yeah. Idea of getting them back on good terms, I thought was really nice. Yeah. The um, the stuff between uh, Rocket and Yondu, I thought was cool. The I like stuff that, yeah.
0: Between Yondu and, and Star Lord. Star Lord. To me, that's the heart. Wow. Right. Yeah. That 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 bit, that whole that revelation of, he may be your father, but he's not your daddy. Yeah. And like, that's why. Yondu wouldn't turn him in yeah. that's why Yondu wouldn't uh, go after him when the sovereign paid that's why he risked a mutiny to save him yeah. all that stuff and then of course you go oh that's why I'm going to eat you <laughs> I'm going to eat you, like that. That's how Yondu said it, but Peter never understood it that way. Yeah. You know? Because that's what you say to your kids, right? Yeah. You go, I'm going to eat you, like that. And the kid goes, ee, they're having fun. It's like that. But, like, you don't... But if he's an alien, and he's blue, <laughs> and he goes, I'm going to eat you. Yeah. They go, oh, I'm going to get eaten. Yeah. <laughs> and you go, like, that's... So the fact that, like, he was his... that, That is the big, big thing in that film. Yeah. And it's, for like... For me, that's, that's the sort of something you really preserve. But yeah. then you still haven't got a story from that. So you no, think, no, what motivates Yondu then, to saying that? Well, it, all,
1: it. this is it. These, all these moments and all these, these things they were trying were cool and yes. original, and I, I, I love the idea behind it. But when you're missing that spine... Yeah, it's, it's just that...
0: It's, yeah, I mean, it feels to me like if they'd actually had a proper spine of action, it would have been... It would have been Guardians of the Galaxy, too. <laughs> Vol two yeah I mean, volume two it volume would have two felt incomplete ah. Ah. so that plus, if you have a really good spine of action, you can maybe generate another really good mercy scene, which they didn 't have so they really didn't have no it. they didn't um, but
1: I was going to say about the, uh, Re the ending um, yes uh, I, I felt worked just enough with um, star Lord effectively. Uh, or rather, sorry, I'll, I'll reword this how they get away with another character swooping in and saving Star-Lord. Oh, Yondu? Yondu. So oh. the because effectively he's, I mean if anybody's at the mercy, that's him at the mercy there. Who's Yondu's Star-Lord? And Yondu saves him, right?
0: No, he was at the mercy earlier but carry on. Okay. Um, but at that
1: moment, Star-Lord's Given up and sacrificed himself. Yes. My feeling was that because he has given up, Mm. because he's done it in his head, his job is over, it's okay to then save him with another character. Well, I know it's it's been done in another movie.
0: It's also set up, it's meaningful, it's not a meaningless thing that happens. Plus, uh, the problem is, ego's dead at that point. Yeah. So, there's no danger left in the film except to Star Lord. Everyone's been saved. Yeah, that's why it's not the mercy scene. Oh, a scene. So it's a resolution really yeah, yeah. thing between the between that subplot and it's just finishing that off, and it works fine. Um, if that had happened in the mercy scene, which is when Yondu not Yondu, Ego, sta- there in the core, he stabs Peter through the chest. Yeah, he starts controlling it, and everyone's getting covered in rocks and yeah. dying and everything. And Yondu says to him. Peter, I control the arrow not with my head, but with my heart, and it gets crushed. Yeah. Uh, that, and then Peter goes, "You shouldn't have destroyed the Walkman." Of course, yeah. That's the mercy scene, and it's just not great. It's just not a great way out of that scene. Yeah. Um,
1: Ooh, child.
0: I, I, I kind of want something like that, right? <laughs> uh, I saw it's quite funny. You can go and Graham Norton, Chris Pratt doing a magic trick or doing a card trick. Have you seen that? No. And Graham Norton, it's amazing. Yeah. I watched that uh, months months ago, and I just tweeted straight away, like, this needs to be the end of Guardians 2. <laughs> like, that is how he... That's, that's, how, that's the mercy scene. That's the ooh child scene of <laughs> Guardians 2. Um, but they didn't... It's just not a great mercy scene. And then that thing at the end with Yondu, it, uh, it, it, it's, it works fine, the Yondu thing. But the problem with the Yondu thing is it just feels contrived that Yondu dies. That there's only one suit. One rocket pack, and that oh, for some reason the ship can't pick him up. Yeah, and that rocket can't just leave the door open. Like it, there's just so many sort of contrivances to build up, so to why Yondu has to de- croak. What and it you're doesn't saying work.
1: is that there was enough room on the wardrobe for both of them. Yeah, that's yeah. maybe a fair point. Yeah.
0: Also, this is another thing which is the world building, which is in the first film they had only a couple of sets, and it worked. In this one, you started seeing how they go from planet to planet through the jumps, yeah. and I'm like, that doesn't really make a lot of sense anymore. I don't understand how, who has this jump network, who put it up there, um, who, who maintains it, who maintains this jump network. Yeah. Uh, who, who, how is there a jump to Ego's planet? <laughs> like, how does that work, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who, the Sovereign, why aren't the Nova Corps interested in the Sovereign? Uh, why isn't anyone protecting the Guardians? Aren't they famous? Um, everyone knows who they are. Why are they running? Um, do you see what I mean? It's like the world doesn't really make a lot of sense in the way that it used to in the first one. They, they went further out into the world, but it's less defined yeah. than the small world we saw in Guardians. And so there was just it a lot always, of
1: ways It's always part of the problem I thought they might have when the Marvel Universe goes into the stars
0: it's always been the problem of the comics oh really yeah I've never enjoyed those comics before that reason you'd sit there and I was yeah. like I don't understand any of these characters in this world it's not like Star Wars where things just feel like this is how it is yeah um, but a lot of the time it's like hey if we put more ra- wacky random stuff in there it's like yeah but I don't un- you're not- the-, the wacky random stuff is just there's nothing cohesive there for me to mm. understand so it's not that you can't do it because the first Guardians did it very very well they focused pretty much on Xandar And the collector, and that was it. Um, Yeah, true. And you had that was it. That was the only two places you went to. You didn't see anything of the Cree, right? Ronan's race. Oh yeah. yeah, You didn't see that. You knew there was some sort of war going on between them and the Cree, but nothing's really brought into it. But in this one. They go to planets, you don't know what the planets are, they've got this jump network and you know, I'm like, hold on, how does that work with the other things that we've seen? And there's just this thing of that they, they invented, it feels like a lot of the stuff that's in the film was created to answer specific scene moments in the film, but they don't gel with what we've already seen and going forward I don't really understand how they work. So
1: with with um, regards to going forward, quick question before we get to the summary. Yes. Um, References. Yes. I came out of the movie and I messaged you about it, and mm. one of your one of your gripes was, um, "I wish they'd stop setting up." Yes. The next movie. Yeah. And I came out of the movie before messaging you and thought, "Wow, it's really nice not to have any setups um, in it." With uh, apart from the Adam Warlock, is it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I got that one. Uh, and it's because I missed them, because I didn't know who the other guys were. Oh, the, uh, Sylvester so the, character. Sylvester Stallone's character. Yeah, I thought this is obviously them doing something, but I don't yeah. know what the, the characters were. Yeah, it's the other, um,
0: it's the other guardians. It's the original guardians of the galaxy. Right. The only guardian I think they haven't put into the films is Justice, Vance Astro. Mm. Uh, the others are all in there. Did so they, the only point I was going to make about I actually, I'm looking forward to seeing them. But my thing is like, okay, what are they called, getting their own movie? Guardians 3, I don't think involves Adam or Sylvester Sloan. I think yeah. uh, maybe Adam Warlock might be in Guardians 3, but I'm guessing Adam Warlock is going to have his own section of films. Is there a Guardians 3? Yes. Right. They even said at the end of the film, Guardians of the Galaxy will return.
1: Oh, missed that as yeah. well. So well, I miss
0: all the setups. You apparently you did. So did I watch a different movie? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, so if you did, I'm guessing this has been a lot of spoilers for Arrival. Um, <laughs> oh man <laughs> so
1: um, I do not have the intellect to watch Guardians movies <laughs>
0: so too highbrow too highbrow so yeah I, uh, for me like the post credit sequence of Guardians 2 is I would I always presume it's for the next Marvel movie was that
1: the Warlock stuff the Adam stuff yeah so
0: I would think okay you're either gonna, you're either going to give us a post credit scene to Avengers Infinity War yeah Thor Ragnarok or Guardians 2 yeah. I don't know what, what those setups are take. even oh, to I, um, like, I know what they're hinting at but I don't know where they're going with those things and that's kind of a problem because I'm like, like Marvel has announced all the films they're doing up until like 2020 or sure. something so I don't know where this, this setup is going it's getting annoying trying to keep track of everything uh, whereas before it was I mean Doctor Strange post credit was hey two, two sections right Thor, Ragnarok, yeah. Doctor Strange 2. Done. Got it. Brilliant. Yeah. That seems good to me. And it's like, actually, this makes sense. If you're going to have post-credit scenes, you have one post-credit scene, which is their next foray into the Marvel Universe, into a film they're not in. Yeah. And then another one, which is the direct sequel to this film. Yeah. And that's it. That's all we want. We don't want any You've got more. to assume
1: I then the
0: Adam Warlock stuff's got to be in three. Surely? I'm guessing Adam Warlock's in three. Is Sylvester Stallone involved in Infinity War? I don't know. I don't know what they're... They're giving trailers to films. I don't even know what the films are anymore. Yeah. So, but anyway, it's, that's not really a crime yeah, to do with yeah, Guardians yeah. 2. No, no, But no. it's just it's one of those things where it's just... Um, the, the film, you are right, the setups in the film pretty much all come towards the end, yeah, yeah. which is what they did in the first film. Right? Yeah. We don't even know who your father is, but it's how you could hold the power stone. It's like, okay, fine. Guardians Two is going to resolve Jeez, that. I missed that as well. Right? Like, okay, but they also mentioned Thanos. It's like Thanos isn't in Guardians Two, but he'll obviously I think be in that was him. the real thing. I was actually, I was really relieved not to have Thanos. Yeah, it was nice to have, not have yeah. Thanos at all in it. Yeah. Uh, they mention him a lot, but he's. It's really just about Nebula and Gamora. Yeah, it's yeah. not really about Thanos, and so. I, I actually would agree with you on this like, a lot like Doctor Strange it's really nice to have a film that, isn't, that is actually more or less complete yeah. uh, the end of the film going hey there's a sequel coming is fine the problem in this case was I don't know what was hinting at a sequel as, or as opposed to another film in the franchise that's all my problem presumably
1: with is. 3 is going to be Stan Lee getting home I hope so
0: <laughs> I so. it's a great cameo yeah. um, but I, but the way they did that you're quite right the fact that they didn't have lots of setups was really yeah. nice uh, as opposed to whatever other film had loads of setups I forget yeah. now Civil War or something oh know. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's my go to now <laughs> <laughs> Okay.
1: Um, alright w- one last thing then we'll just um, whiz through each of the points and just sum up what we oh okay what we can take for a writing just from each of the sections so your spine of action
0: uh, put one in <laughs>
1: <laughs> it doesn't need to be that short it
0: could be more insightful please if you don't have a spine of action it's really you can't have a story and if you don't have a story you can't make choices over what scenes to include or exclude and in fact I, seriously no joke sit down rewrite Guardians 2 as,
1: an, as an exercise
0: I've I mentioned this I'm going to try now the, I've got some a bit of time I'm going to start making room to put Videos on YouTube of me doing because I do a bunch of rewrites. Yeah, and yeah. I tell you guys them and you go They're pretty cool. I'm like, I should probably just do them properly and put them online So I'm gonna do that and I have one for Guardians more or less in my head Okay, it is a major rewrite. Mm. So here's this fun thing. Try and rewrite Guardians 2 uh, Very quickly you will notice you can't rewrite it without changing everything and I mean you might keep a lot of the scenes but you have to rewrite everything. Like, you have to write every scene. You can't yeah. just fix the scene at the end. You have to actually go back and reconstruct the entire first 90 minutes. Yeah. And then you have to reconstruct the last 30 minutes because now you have to pay off a bunch of things you set up. Yeah. So even if you do something as simple as, oh, just make Nebula the bad guy, fine. But now you have to rewrite when Ego reveals himself. And then you yeah. have to rewrite how Nebula plays into the fight at the end. So, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So just try it. And you'll see what I'm talking about. And it'll explain to you what its point of action is. Dimensions. Keep Uh, (laughs) The the problem with dimensions is they needed to work out how to preserve those dimensions going forward. Yeah. So they needed to give the characters... So one of the things in my rewrite, for example, is creating an opportunity for the Guardians to do the bad thing, to be criminals, which they can't do in this film but there is actually a really good way for you, you to pull that off. Is there is there a way,
1: thinking about volume two, just in isolation quickly, um, like, forget the first one. Yes. Um, and, and just thinking of number two, um, is there a problem uh, with those dimensions in and of themselves? No. No? No. It's just that it's lessened from the first movie. It, here's,
0: a, here's a really simple way you could do it. Um, have them insulted by the Sovereign, so they steal the batteries.
1: Oh, I see. So they do it on purpose.
0: They do it on purpose. Rocket doesn't do it as a joke without telling anyone. Rocket does it because they insult them, and they decide, I don't like the way they talk to us, so they go back and break into the Sovereign and steal the batteries, all of them together. Yeah. That, that's, that's, I mean, that's not the fix I would go with, but just an example of how to make them do that. And like, you know what? People don't like the Sovereign. They're kind of, you know, that you're supposed to find them annoying and arrogant. So people would like see yeah. <laughs> seeing them take them down a peg and then the rest of the film, them run away. But of course, if you do that, you lose the whole rocket Yondu thing. Do you see? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> so it's not as simple as that, but it's not, it's not that you couldn't. People love like Yondu, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yondu's the meanest of all of them in the film. Yeah. People like Nebula, meanest of all of them in the film. I would argue Drax is the meanest of all the guardians in the film. Yeah. Uh, so th- th- that them being criminals is absolutely in no way uh, a problem no. it's just that they actually have to do things and I, that's what I, I mean that's the fun of them right and that's kind of what you're looking forward to when they meet the Avengers because the Avengers are the good guys yeah. the Guardians aren't actually the good guys in a way they're kind of mercenary bounty hunters and yeah. we kind of want to see the fact that Tony Stark is like I-, I thought I was the bad guy you know, it's like, actually, we're not even as bad as you, Tony and Cap. It's like Cap having to deal with Star-Lord. They're not going to do that, are they? What? The Guardians aren't going to be the bad guys. No, no, no. But I mean, like, Cap dealing with Star-Lord and, and Drax is, is just going to be great, great. I think it could be. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to imagine a film where they get that. Right, I think I think it could be a lot of fun. But the part, my point being, the fun of it is the fact that they're criminals. Yes, yeah, yeah. If you if they're not criminals and they're just space adventuring good guys, so much of the fun of those guys meeting the Avengers is gone. Yeah, because they're going to get on well with Ant Man, <laughs> right? Because Ant Man would be like, I'm okay with stealing stuff, yeah. you, know? <laughs> you know. You know what I mean? Anyway, okay. um Humor versus uh, danger. <laughs> the problem is not making something too funny or too scary a lot of the time sometimes it just means uh, you haven't um, like if something's too tense that means you need to put in a couple of laughs it doesn't mean drop the tension necessarily Uh, if something in this case it's too funny doesn't mean get rid of the jokes it means up the danger the problem is not that the jokes are so funny that yeah. it, that you cannot po- it's like the jokes are actually really nice they're very funny really nicely done but because there's no danger they become they it's too much yeah. you need danger in there and the, all the jabs they poke at the sovereign you know with the carpet <laughs> you remember she oh, yeah, lane, yeah. the carpet taser face all those jabs are great because they're not the main villain yeah but you need a real villain, and they didn't have a real villain, so you're sitting there, and you're, you're not excited. You're enjoying yourself, but you're not excited, and when the villain does show up, it's not very exciting. Whereas, Guardians, when they face Ronan, it's incredibly exciting.
1: Yeah.
0: And funny. Yeah. The Ooh child scene is the most exciting scene in the film, and it's probably the funniest scene in the film, right? If you look at the first Guardians, the redemption story, the body salvation story, the comedy, and the action, are all at their peak at the U Child scene. Yeah. Because as soon as he grabs the gem, they all sacrifice themselves to save Star-Lord and they save the world, right? And so it's this great heroic emotional scene. Uh, all those emo- moments are built to their peak in that scene. So it's not that it's too funny, cut the jokes. It's this isn't exciting enough. This isn't emotional enough. Yeah, We don't have... You know what would make it really more emotional? If Yondu and Star-Lord had more scenes together instead of Yondu and Rocket. If Yondu was on Ego's planet instead of Rocket mm. and he's seeing Star-Lord super happy to be with his real dad when Yondu essentially sees Star-Lord as his son. Do mm. you see what I'm saying? That's far more powerful than having Yondu not on the planet. Yeah, That kind of stuff. So you just maximize everything rather than rather than trying and you don't but you don't it's like the Escher stairwell it's a really good analogy you're building one thing up and something else feels down and then you, you keep moving it so it's dynamic yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't do the Zack Snyder mistake because as much as I love Zack Snyder his mistake is well, what if if ele- you know he's he's the Spinal tap let's turn everything to 11 yeah right every shot you can freeze frame any Zack Snyder film every shot looks amazing but the problem is every shot looks amazing (laughs) every shot is super high contrast dark shadows slow motion cgi every single shot your eyes wear out yeah it's just too much Hans zimmer does it with his scores Hmm. it's just too damn loud all the time like that for three hours it's like dude you gotta you gotta lessen some of it do you know what i mean so it's it's that kind of thing, which is yeah. it's, it's. So when I say you know maximize the danger, I'm saying you maximize the danger, you maximize the humor, but not every scene is maximum comedy, maximum yeah. uh, intensity. Every scene, uh, it's you you dynamically move the intensity up throughout the film. And so at the beginning, it's more funny than dangerous, but as it goes on, it gets more dangerous, and then yeah. you start to bring back the comedy because it's getting more dangerous, and then you get the biggest laugh, the biggest action moment, all at the climax. That's how you do it. Is what I'm saying. And of course, that's very easy to do. <coughs> <laughs> Clearly, that's why they replicated it so well <laughs> in the second one. <laughs> it's
1: so hard. I mean, if nothing else, this does teach us how just ridiculously hard it
0: is. Because yeah, it's they, not like their talent just they, disappeared. No. I, I genuinely believe if at, at, at an early concepting stage, if someone had just said, you don't have a story because you don't have a villain, mm they would have immediately started reworking it and gone, okay, hold on. If we really don't have a villain, we really need to play up the domestic drama. Yeah. The father-son, sister-sister, we need to play that up a lot more. Um, if you say, and you go, and the story you've written doesn't allow you to show the criminal sides of the Guardians. Okay, we just need to put that in. I think we would have had something really great. I don't think it's that it's impossible to fix because I think all the stuff about storytelling, like intensity, yeah. all those things, he, James Gunn just knows it. he's just really good at that stuff but the problem was in a conceptual area of the story that needed fixing and because they didn't even, I don't know if they even ever noticed it by the time it hits the cinema that problem is just there and you can't, there's no amount of storytelling that can fix it because it's a story problem it's just not a storytelling problem so directing wise and acting wise it's just great
1: I like that, story problem not a storytelling problem yeah,
0: that's it Because a lot of the problems, uh, you know, things that I have problems with in the film, are storytelling problems. But I think all of those would be either inconsequential or easily fixed, if you fix that problem. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. Anyway, lovely. All good.
1: I think so. I also know how we should end this podcast. Go on. Ooh, cha. Well, things again. What? what are you doing? Ooh, cha. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm just distracting you. So. Uh, you can f- press stop on the podcast. There's no one else here, Luke. Son of a...
0: <laughs> Where's my guardian? <laughs> Look, if you're going to be a guardian of the galaxy, you know you're Yondu. No, I am Groot, dude. <laughs> dude, we can put the fin on your head. Oh man. You see? Yeah, you, you didn't see Luke's eyes light up when I said that. <laughs> like he got it.
1: <laughs> Another cosplay for a bald man. Thank you, Yondu. <laughs>
0: Fantastic. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Ooh, child,
1: things are gonna get easier. Ooh, child,
0: things are get brighter.